Hello, friends. Hello, listeners. Hello, colleagues. Yes, it's that time. It's time for another episode of the Platinum Business Break podcast, and we're so glad you joined us. And today's episode is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting, and our mission is to help small to medium-sized businesses become world-class organizations. It's easy to do, and we can show you how. Anyway, today's episode, it's The Way Business Should Be, Part 9, Lockdown Core Products and Services. All right, so this is a little departure. So again, just as a quick recap, uh, this past summer I, I was on vacation and kind of wrote down my manifesto, and basically it's about 20-plus points on how business should be. And this is based on my 35-plus years in business, good experiences and bad experiences, okay? And plus education and just talking to a lot of people, working with a lot of great people. So I've, I've kind of narrowed it down to 20, uh, let's say it's 26 um, but today is a little departure because the previous episodes we've been talking about more of the, the soft skills, the people stuff about leadership and vision and communication and all that. But for this episode, we're going to kind of start talking about products and services. And one of the beliefs that I have is, is you got to lock down your core products and services. You can't add line extensions or even completely new products because it's going to mess with your brand. Um, and, and I promise you that. For, for example, like a line extension would be, you know, like Coke or Diet Coke or Cherry Coke. Those are line extensions. But if you're talking a brand new product, something that's so divergent from your core business, um, you should really start a new business. Now, actually, I'm going to cover that in the next podcast. But this podcast is kind of like, hey, why should you stay on your core products and services? In other words, every product or every service you have, make sure you're executing the basics flawlessly. Make sure you've got it locked down, okay? Because you got to have a successful launch. You have to have a successful life cycle on that product or that that brand. And more specifically, um, you've got to make sure you don't have any missteps. Now we're about to jump in in a second. I'm going to show you some failures of the last, uh, you know, 15, 20 years. And some of them you may know, some of them you may not know. And again, today's episode is the way business should be. Part nine: Lockdown Core Products and Services. It's season three, episode 18. And here we go. All right. So the Google Glass, who remembers this? Okay, this was introduced in uh, 2013. It was out for a couple of years. And I remember this because I, I thought, hey, this would be pretty cool. Uh, it didn't last. Uh, there was a couple of reasons. Uh, privacy concerns, reported bugs, low battery life, bans from public spaces, and an ability to live up to the hype. Uh, you know, and all, you know, just all the, the, the stymied public adoption of this technology. Uh, I think there are some people trying to reintroduce glasses now. I think Apple might be working on, or even Google might be working on a new version. But this was kind of the first iteration, and only lasted barely two years. So that was one of the big product failures of what I call brand extensions uh, that, that Google tried. All right, the next one. All right, for all my Apple fans out there, me included, uh, I don't remember this one. <laughs> this one is called the Newton. And again, this was uh, 1993 to 1998. Surprised it lasts five years. Um, and I'll just read here. Why the personal digital assistant would become a popular consumer electronics product in the late 90s, the first Apple PDA was one of the biggest product flops of all time, especially for Apple. Now, just for a point of reference, this was when Steve Jobs was was not part of the company, all right? They had the other guy come in and, uh, you know, the guy from Pepsi, I think. I can't remember, recall his name off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, it just it didn't go anywhere. Now, ironically, you know, what do we have now? We have the iPad, which is the ultimate PDA, I would think some would argue. But anyway, the Newton just didn't just didn't take off. Again, not, not a very good 
uh, product launch. All right, how about this one? Cheetos Lip Balm. <laughs> I don't remember this one. I'm not even going to comment because I think there's a reason it did only lasted not very long. Cheetos Lip Balm. All right, not a very good product idea. Stay with your core, people. That's the point. All right. New Coke. Who remembers Coke, the new Coke? 1995. It only lasted a few months because the public outrage was so great. They reintroduced the older formula called it Classic Coca or Coca-Cola Classic, rather. But was it a mistake or was it not? It might have been a marketing ploy to re re-energize the, the basic Coca-Cola flavor. I, I don't know. But either way, the Coke, new Coke, was completely a big flop. So that was 1995. All right, here's the, here's the last one. All right, many of you probably, you know, know Colgate, you know, for toothpaste. When I hear Colgate, I think toothpaste. Well, in 1982, they introduced these things called kitchen entrees by Colgate. Not even going to comment on that one. That didn't last very long. I don't even remember that. So that was a huge flop. Again, that was a, an example of Colgate getting away from their core. Again, when you when you think Colgate, you think, you know, toothpaste, it could be mouthwash, it could be even, you know, shaving cream or, you know, it's basically health and beauty products. What, what we're jumping into to food now, again, I think they're, you know, owned by a larger uh, you know, company that probably does food, but putting a Colgate name or brand on food packaging was a terrible, terrible idea. So with that, I'm going to go over today 12 reasons a company or business should not deviate from your core products or services and, and just really to keep your brand integrity. Because if you, again, look at the Colgate, look at the Cheetos lip balm. Now, now the Newton and, and the Google Glass, okay, that was probably more line extensions. But the point is they were flops and it can injure your, your brand or your company name. So I'm going to give you not one, but two, but 12 reasons not to deviate from your core business. All right. So here we go. We're going to we're going to start. Number 1, dilution of brand identity. When a company strays too far from its core products or services, it can dilute its brand identity. Customers may become confused about what the company stands for, leading to a loss of brand recognition and trust. So it's very easy for if you to start introducing too many products that aren't even associated with what you're known for. Again, Colgate, Colgate Foods, that just doesn't make any sense. So you don't want to dilute your brand identity or have too many things with your brand name on it, all of a sudden, because no one really knows what you stand for, right? All right, number two, this is more of an internal thing, but resource allocation. Expanding into new areas often requires significant resources in terms of time, money, and personnel. These resources may be diverted from the core products affecting their quality and competitiveness. You know, one thing I think about is, you know, like your supply chain or purchasing people, all of a sudden, you know, they're going to have to get schooled up on purchasing new raw materials or or maybe it's IT people or maybe it's your marketing people. They have to start figuring out how to market a new service. And it's going to it's going to take resources. Uh, so, again, stay with your core. Don't don't deviate. Again, next podcast, I'm going to talk about what you should do if you're going to jump into something completely different. All right. Number three. Loss of focus. A business's core products are typically where it has its most expertise and market presence. Diversifying too broadly can lead to a lack of focus, making it challenging to excel in any particular area. Now, years ago, I worked for a, a company in the roofing products industry, and they got into vegetative roofing, <laughs> which, you know, you know, it's a great idea. It's great for heat island effect. It's great for, you know, carbon offset, all that kind of stuff. But that's not what they did. 
that 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 was like completely out of the realm of their expertise. Uh, and I have another example, actually, and I'm I'm not going to you know really talk about specifically what the product is, but they went from a a product core product group into something completely different. It was a different material type. And again, they didn't have expertise. They didn't really know anything about it. And they ended up getting out of the business because it cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars. All right. Number four, market confusion. Customers may become confused when a company offers a wide range of products or services and they may not know what the company specializes in. This confusion can lead to a decline in customer loyalty and market share. Again, you know, trying to put a brand name on, on everything, especially if it's not related, will do that, all right? So market confusion. Number five, competitive challenges. Entering new markets or industries may expose a business to stronger, more established competitors, making it difficult to gain a foothold or compete effectively. Now, again, example of that, as I was mentioning earlier, is a company, they were in a particular product type uh, using a particular material. Well, they were using an alternate material trying to, you know, get into a, a slightly different business segment, but it was enough of a difference that they couldn't compete. And here's here was the breakdown. You had three competitors that were 85% of the business, okay? I mean, they were the established brand. So you had 15%, you had like 40 other companies or brands trying to compete in that that 15% space. And it just, it wasn't going to work. Uh, everyone knew it. Everyone said, this is not going to work, but yet, oh, you know, leadership went ahead with it for whatever reason. Again, they ended up getting out of the business. They ended up losing millions and millions and millions of dollars, and they lost brand equity, in my opinion, on their core products because all of a sudden this failure was attached to their core stuff. All right. Number six, quality control issues. As a company diversifies, maintaining consistent quality across various product lines can be challenging. Inconsistent quality can harm the brand and lead to customer dissatisfaction. Now, that doesn't necessarily just mean products. I mean, that could be services, too. How about if you were a, you know, a, 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 you know you're, you're doing a particular type of service. Like, you know, let's just say you're doing, you know, a, a cell phone. And all of a sudden, you know, hey, let's get into, uh, you know, banking or <laughs> whatever. The, the point is, if you're getting out of your core, even if it's a service, um, you're going to have quality issues. And again, what, you know, even, in, even in a service issue, if you have something that's too different, your staff may not be trained. They don't know how to answer the question. And you know, here's a perfect example. If you have a product that's not within your core and you have, a, say, a third party manufacturing it for you, all of a sudden you lose control of that quality. That can put a black eye on your on your existing brand, okay? along with all the people stuff with that. Okay, So quality control issue uh, is very important. Number seven, increased risk. New ventures often come with higher risk, especially if a company lacks the experience in those areas. These risks can result in financial losses or damage to the company's reputation. Again, you know, look at the Colgate Foods, look at, look at the Newton, even though ultimately probably what they learned from it um, helped them with, with the iPad. But again, company I mentioned before, they got into an area with a different material type they were not familiar with. And not, not only did they lose a lot of money because of it didn't generate the revenue that was expected. They had certain warranties and certain guarantees that they had to outlay cash to to make the, the product more you know attractive. So a lot of risk uh, with that venture, and again, it did not work out. Uh, number eight, resource overextension. Expanding into new areas may require additional staff, facilities, or supply chain adjustments. This can strain a company's resources and lead to inefficiencies. And again, another example I've seen of this is a company who 
had a core product and they wanted to get into a related but not exactly uh, not exactly the same product. And what they ended up doing is hiring a lot of third party uh, manufacturers to to manufacture that for them. But it took a lot of resources. It took purchasing resource. It took customer service resource. Then it took technical resource to help these people understand this new, you know, this new product type. And again, it just, it, it taxed the resources. Uh, another example, another company I worked with, they were going to get into the uh, big box um, retail space with like a Home Depot or a Lowe's. And their goal was to get this product into those big box stores. However, they did not hire a dedicated staff or team to really work on that segment. And what they found out was if you, you say, if you had a customer in Lowe's that had a a question or a complaint or a technical question on your product, the existing company didn't have enough resources to take all those calls. Um, and I think they've struggled with that. Again, Lowe's and Home Depot, um, these real big, buy, or like a, uh, I guess like our Menards, if you're up in the north, they are not going to put up with that. Or maybe a uh, Wayfair, for example, uh, they're not going to put up with poor support just because you're dabbling into a new distribution channel, okay? You 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 have to have a dedicated team that's going to be trained and and understands that business. So again, if you're going to take existing people who are not familiar with it, it's going to be a resource overextension. I hope that makes sense, right? So number eight, resource overextension. All right, number nine, cannibalization. Introducing new products or services can cannibalize sales from existing core products, potentially eroding the company's core revenue streams. Now, where I see this is not necessarily in products. Sometimes this is in acquisitions where a company buys a company that's, you know, occupies their space. And instead of, you know, allowing them to continue in that space, they're trying to bring them into the existing space, right? So, so it starts cannibalizing those sales, and again, I see that all the time, especially in building products. You know, building products companies, they'll acquire a new company, and what they'll do is they will, will pit the two companies against each other, you know, inadvertently. And, and there's some cannibalization, and, and there's also confusion as well. And there's also taxing on resources as well. So that all comes into play. All right, number 10, regulatory and compliance issues. Entering new markets or industries may expose a business to new regulatory compliance challenges, which can be time-consuming and costly to navigate. Perfect example of this. Again, company I mentioned earlier, they got into a new product type with a new product material, and they wanted to do business in California. Well, California has something, I think it's called Prop 85 or 65. It's a, it's basically, it's a hazardous uh, warning that this product may contain materials that could cause cancer, birth defects, or whatever. Now, I think it's Prop 65. Anyway, uh, the company didn't know that, so they had to label all their products. They had to pay some fines. So my point is to that you you know if you're if you're getting out of your core, there's going to be some regulatory compliance issues you may not be aware of. Even if you do your research, there's some twists and turns that are just out there you may not know. And again, it could cost you a lot of money, and it could cost brand equity as well. All right, last two. Number eleven: consumer trust and loyalty. Deviating from core products can erode customer trust and loyalty. Yes, customers who have previously been loyal to the brand may be, feel abandoned or unsatisfied with the new offerings. Okay, and again, you see that sometimes where restaurants will open, you know, you have a, a you know, maybe a Mexican food restaurant opens up a Cajun, you know, type business or starts adding maybe Cajun food to the to the menu, and it's really not good Cajun food, for example. So, you know, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. 
So customer trust and loyalty, it, it, once you build it up and if you lose it, it's very, very, very hard to get back. All right. Increased complexity. Managing a diverse portfolio of products or services can significantly increase the complexity of operations, making it harder to adapt to changing market conditions. Again, that all goes back to, again, I'm just going to say manufacturing. Um, if you're actually making a product, you're used to one or you know several suppliers, um, you know transportation, and then processing, and then you have a a sales channel that goes through. Well, how about if you bring in products that aren't able to go through your traditional or existing sales channels? Well, then what ends up happening is confusion, and where you know where there's chaos and confusion, it's gonna it's gonna end up being unhappy customers, and you're gonna lose money. So increase complexity. So in other words, the whole, the whole point of this, uh, this podcast is if you have an existing product or service, a core, you got to stay with it. That's all I'm saying. So don't deviate in something you have no expertise in. Uh, and sometimes I hear that again, I, I mentioned this other podcast It's called bolt on, you know, Oh, this is a bolt on business. I have never seen a bolt on business work. You know, stuff to me, and I'm, I'm an old, you know, um, shade tree mechanic and used to do hot rods and stuff. Anything you bolt on can get loose and shake off, right? So and there's no such thing as a bolt on. It's either going to just dovetail and fit seamlessly in your product offering, or it's going to be a total disaster, which most brand extensions are, or adding new products if they're not aligned with your core product or service, all right? That's just the whole point of this. So the next podcast is going to be something like stay in or on your core business and competency. If not, you want to start another separate business or division so there's no delusion or delusion, all right? So we're going to cover that. Again, this podcast is not that long, so uh, just wanted to kind of go over those points. And again, uh, this is the platinum business break podcast thanks for listening and again this episode was the way business should be part nine lock down your core products and services don't vary them don't get into areas you don't know about because it will be a disaster again thanks for listening and if you're watching on youtube thanks for listening and we will see you next time bye